Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Sunday night for your Monday morning delivery. Excited to talk to you for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest in mixed martial arts. You know where we're headed. UFC 295 is in the books. Anxious to talk about it. Gonna spend the whole hour on the 30th anniversary show. Pretty historical in the sense that we have uh, new champions. And I think that's pretty cool. You know, kind of freshening up the heavyweight division a little. We'll get into that. We have a new undisputed at light heavyweight. And then we have some prospects, man. We have some young killers who we got to keep an eye on because there was some shining stars uh, underneath the co-main and the main event. Bonus money. Uh, I always love talking about that, but this time I'm going to be in a good mood. And of course, everything that had to do with the week itself. We'll be right back to start the show. goes where do you want to start man we can go in all kinds of directions bottom to top top to bottom you name it uh, i like to start at the top okay so in the main event it was yuri prochaska former undisputed light heavyweight champion had to give up the belt remember because of the shoulder injury suffered a little over a year ago he was one of the particip- participants. The other one was former middleweight champion, uh, Alex Fajeda. This was one of five fights on the main card that went to a finish. So that was good. We don't have to bitch about judges or refs or anything. Maybe a little bit of an early stoppage, although, you know, doesn't appear that way. So what happened, folks? Alex Fajeda won the fight. He finished uh, Yuri Prochaska and a lot of us, including Cormier, Rogan, myself, goes the X Sphere, formerly known as Twitter Sphere, was you know saying that Mark Goddard might have got in there a bit early. Uh, Prochaska kind of had reactions of a fall of a fallen fighter in the sense of someone that was hurt and dazed, but still in it, and he came in and stopped it. Here's the problem: Yuri Prochaska, when asked. Agreed with the stoppage. So, like, what can you do at that point? You know, it's like, it's, that's it. It's a moot point. It's over. Congrats to Alex Fajeda, who, by the way, lost the first round. But he came back. And when he was starting to look a little shaky, man, he came back and caught him. He's got those short hooks. He's got those long strikes. He's just a dangerous mofo. And he's now the ninth UFC fighter to win titles in multiple weight classes. So, congrats to Alex Fajeda. It's a really weird situation because you're right. The fact that he said, yeah, I was kind of out does kind of um, help the referee out a little bit in his case. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that you can't recover. You know, like if he was jacked up in the moment, you can still recover. And the situation that they ended up in, I think would have bought him maybe a second or two to kind of maybe... Uh, bounce back a little bit could be wrong but 
I feel like maybe there was it just to me it felt like there was a little bit more of fight left to play out. I think if however many referees we have at that the top level that would do a main event, let's just say there's ten of them. I would bet that at least seven of those ten would have let that go on or felt like that would have that needed to continue before we heard his comments about him saying, eh, I think it was okay. I think they all would have kind of agreed, like, eh, maybe a little early. Uh, it ends up working out because of what he said, but I don't know that that doesn't mean that he can't bounce back. I agree. He, um, you know, remember when Alice Dobrin got knocked out and they, um, he was interviewed, and then mm-hmm. I think he regretted saying some things because he was concussed and even Rogan said, I probably shouldn't have done that. It won't do it going forward. Well, that's kind of what happened here, except it wasn't as bad. So it could be that he's still really putting the pieces together in his head. You know, you got 20,000 people at MSG staring at you, cameras out, whatever moment it is, who knows what you're thinking. That's one thing Two, Yuri Prochaska seems to be a respectful martial artist who maybe lives by a code of, Hey, it's over. Um, I'm not going to sit here and bitch. I, I turn the page. We'll see you soon. You know, something like that. Three, uh, maybe ask him about it on Monday. He might have a different story when he watches the replay and sees that, okay, I still had some fight in me. Because if you're reacting that way, obviously you're not completely out. We've seen people come back from, you know, getting jacked up even worse and a either compete or b even compete and win so yeah a lot of us aren't just sitting there going you know it's saturday i feel like complaining about something no i mean we're just using our experience to react to events that took place but again we turn the page it's over he accepted it that's that but i felt like it was worth bringing up you know goddard even got teased by Mirab devalishvili he strikes again fight you know stops the fight too soon mm-hmm. um but I, I still regard Goddard as one of the top referees, you know, in the world. Yeah. And I think in these situations, usually he's kind of quick to fire back too. I mean, they, they just have one of those jobs where when you do a great job, very few many very few people really say it. And when you do a bad job, everybody jumps down your throat. So I understand. But that does help, you know, what Yuri said does kind of help him out but i honestly just felt uh that sort of bailed him out because i do feel like it, it did stop just a little bit early yeah and i found well i felt like we said at least twice goes maybe three times during our watch along hey that ref might have just saved you from a worse beatdown. i don't believe it was the type of fight where we felt like the ref might have got in there a little early it was just really appropriate solid solid calls by the different refs that that got in there because no fighter was laid completely you know out out more or less just damaged and i think that's important because sometimes when you really get you know if you're if you're not defending yourself and you're defenseless and you get a fist or an elbow or something i mean those those can turn out to be pretty bad concussions and so we we actually were praising referees for jumping in at the right moment. This one I felt went under the threshold of just a bit too early, but yet nothing where 
you know, like on tomorrow's spinning back, like it's not a topic, you know, should Goddard be sanctioned mm-hmm. or, you know, suspended or anything like that? Nothing like that. It just felt like it was a bit early, but I think we yeah. spent enough time on it. Um, congrats to Alex Fajeda, ninth fighter to now hold two titles. A few of them have held it simultaneously. If I'm correct, it was uh, Cejudo, Cormier, Nunes, and McGregor. I think the rest have just at one point moved on and and gone to a different division or whatever. And that would be what Penn, Couture, Pajeda. There's got to be five of them. Uh, hmm. Can you think of them? Uh, Penn, Couture, Pajeda. Who else were your champ champs? Mm. Oh, Jones and yeah. GSP. There you go. And how about this? We'll get back to the card in just a second. Speaking of those two, John Jones, number two overall. In our top 30 UFC uh, greatest fighters ever and GSP number one, it was announced today. We held on to one and two because, like we stated, I think on the watch along, if you say who's number two, what's the point of waiting 24 hours to say who's number one? It's obvious. It's like Miss Universe, right? So mm-hmm. we waited and held on to both. And today is actually the 30 year anniversary to, uh, of the UFC. So happy birthday. Happy 30 years to the UFC. And really quick, in case you didn't watch our watch along, we did say, because on our previous show, we said that on Tuesday, we were going to have an extra show where we were going to go over this a little bit, the list, and pretty much the whole staff would be there. That actually got moved over to Thursday. So that that show will be Thursday, and we'll, we'll really break down this list and talk about why we had certain fighters in different spots you know we all turned in our own lists and from there calculated the scores and that's how we ended up with the master list were you jones one or gsp one i believe i was jones one but i do have i do have a story behind that and that's that um because i think a few people had jones rather low or high Mm -hmm. on the list and it was because of the the peds i think is basically the reason why they did that and I just felt like in a list like this, I think you kind of put your personal feelings aside and and we just judge it for what it is. And so um, that's why I ended up putting him there at number one. But you know what? I'll say, I will say this. Depending on how his career ends, that can always flip-flop. Yeah, exactly. I had GSP number one up until Jones beats are all gone. And it it was a solid competitor, a former interim champ was gone and he did it so quick, you know, so I felt like, okay, we can't hang that over his head that GSP's won two titles and two different weight classes, which may offset the couple losses that he had in his career, which he avenged one being Hughes, the other one being Sarah. Um, you can say, I thought Hendrix beat him, you know, well, the GSP supporters might say, I thought Gustafsson beat him or Reyes beat him. You go by the facts, the wins and the losses, what's in the record books. And yeah, like Go said, the PDs, you can you can wonder, right? You can wonder. I mean, there there has been, he has had uh, some allegations and he has had a couple positive tests. Um, I've sifted through it. And honestly, it's so far in the past. I don't remember details, but remember the whole picograms and stuff. And I thought I heard an explanation from someone who's well-versed in it. Heck, it may have even been Novitsky. And I know people are going to roll their eyes and say, well, he works for the UFC. But look, at some point, you just got to 
<laughs> you gotta take some people for their word. And he, you know, he just felt like this is a kind of an anomaly or something. And perhaps maybe at some point he may have taken something as part of a recovery of an injury or something else, or maybe he did try and enhance. Remember, he got big and was a bodybuilder for a while or, or a power lifter. Yeah. Um, in between one of his suspensions and who knows? All I know is, look, they give you tests prior to USADA, pre and post fight, and usually the main adventures get a few more of those. And then during USADA, you got these random tests. You pass those, hey, that's that's all I can do, man. I can't follow everyone 24-7 find out what's going on. John Jones said, I admit I had under a uh, an octagon, I think, when somebody came in once. And I think he said he was trying to hide pot, but now ever since then, pot's even been regulated differently. So whatever, mm -hmm. Thursday, we'll all talk about it and we'll share our feelings. It may have just come down to, like I, like Go said, a few wild cards just... You know, I think most people who had Jones one, GSP was probably two. For but sure. anyone that went GSP one, I think I saw Jones down a little bit more. So those people decided to hold it against them, probably, you know, in my opinion, too many spots more than I would have. Uh, but hey, it, we decided to do this as a team and we, we stand by it. And so that's that. But it was fun. It was a fun week. Oh, sorry, a fun month of countdowns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of Jones, he's still the undisputed champion at the light heavyweight, sorry, heavyweight division. So we move on. Pajeda's champ. Looks like he'll face Jamal Hill next. Although Hill probably won't be ready to go till July. Now, could Pajeda just use the rest? Maybe, yeah. Maybe he just waits till July and that's it. Sometimes the UFC pushes their fighters to fight sooner. But, um, you know, it sounds like him versus Hill's next. Now, Pajeda wants Izzy. Izzy seems to be taking a break. Izzy doesn't seem to be interested in Fajeda. He stands by the last time we met, I knocked you out type of deal. That's the card I would play if I was one and three against somebody. Hey, you're only as good as your last game type thing. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Hill and Blahovich are, are tripping a little bit. They're actual light heavyweights, and I think they feel like, well, what about us, right? So, uh, yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. But like I say, getting into Jones... He's still the undisputed. And so logically, it would be undisputed versus interim champ. Tom Aspinall defeated Sergey Pavlovich, knocked him out. And he's your new interim champ. Uh, very emotional night for the Brit. Said those two weeks of anticipation were all hell. He didn't really work out much. He was already out of shape. But he went in there, couldn't pass up on the opportunity. He got hit hard by Sergey Pavlovich early in the fight, a left hook to the jaw. Looked like it really, really hurt him, but he shook that off, came back, and finished the Russian. Um, that sure as hell wasn't an early stoppage. He was getting thumped. Oh, yeah. So do they unify? Looks like not. No, his mind was not changed. It looks like they'll still go with Jones versus Miocic. And now what happens to Aspinall? I don't know. He probably got paid handsomely for coming in on late notice. And maybe, uh, maybe he got some pay-per-views. I don't know, but uh Dana yeah. was asked, right? Yeah, an interim title defense, and Dana just didn't seem like he wanted to answer that question at the time. Yeah, I don't. I mean, hopefully, depending on on what happens, that that doesn't happen. I think that's just silly at that point. But the dude is has collected two paychecks for I want to say less than like two and a half rounds worth of work. That ain't bad. And on top of that, because this is late notice, I could I could see him maybe pulling 
pay-per-view points or at least some kind of fat bonus for stepping in and doing this because they really were behind the eight ball in this situation. Guys probably made a lot of money. Um, I would say just chill and wait for your moment. But the Brits, dude, they, they've made a living off of these moments that a lot of people don't step up for. And now he's got a title around his waist that can never be taken away from him. Some people look at it as a real belt. Other people don't. But uh, I think he earned it, man. I really do. Look, he'd be a tough fighter. We all thought Pavlovich is the future. So he's got him in the rear view mirror. Although he says he's 30, I'm 31, or vice versa. We'll meet again because this Pavlovich guy is going to smoke some fools. We're going to meet again. And boy, was he honest. He was like, man, I woke up. I was scared. What the hell am I doing? You know, he, he seemed to be more fearful of the competition than than Pavlovich. But fucking guy came through. You know, congrats to him. And I would say he'll probably monitor the Jones situation pretty close. Uh, you know, Conor McGregor initially thought he was going to be out only a year. We're on two and a half. I think by the time he fights, it'll be close to three. It'll be like two and three-fourths or something like that. I don't think he would have imagined it. I think he thought he was coming back in one year with a rod in his, a steel rod in his shin, and mm-hmm. he was going to be punting people with it. But there's setbacks, you know, and I don't wish that on John, but if it does happen, you know, we'll have to see if the UFC pivots in another direction. Usually it's when they're short on bodies that they basically make decisions and then, you know, give us the give us their version of how the sequence of events happen to change, you know, and Mm-hmm. We need to defend this interim title. That's what we do here at the UFC. But I don't want to shit on them. It's their birthday. Huge. It was a great show. We had a great time. Thanks to everybody that tuned in to the uh, watch along. Five finishes on the main card. Congrats to whoever that was in the chat of our watch along who won 30 to 1 odds, right? Did he ever give an amount? I don't know. I, I don't remember if he did, but uh, he seemed pretty stoked. I mean, even if he put like a little bit. He still had a nice, decent cash out. If he put a hundred, he won three thousand. And if he put, you know, do the math, fifty, fifteen hundred, twenty-five, that's still seven fifty. So mm-hmm. good on that guy. Guy yeah. or gout. Uh, anyway, moving on uh, from the card, let's give you the rest of the main card. Nah, you know what? This fight deserves some shine. Let's give Jessica Andrade some, Andrade some shine. She's had a rough year, man. She was 1-3 in, in 2023 going into this fight. And mm-hmm. Mackenzie, I'm a fan, dude. I'm a fan of Mackenzie Dern. I like her. Um, she came in as a jiu-jitsu specialist. But she's developed striking, you know? And I thought, man, her jab and, and uh, straight that follows it are really nice. She really knows how to throw them long and put everything into it you know the problem is you know a lot of times if she gets hit it seems like her mechanics and techniques her defense isn't as tight and so therefore when she gets hit she retreats but just kind of leaves her chin out and there's no you know uh bobbing and weaving or a cover-up and so what she'll do is she'll take additional shots and josh as noted on the watch along she may have been one and three, but she faced some tough competition. So 
you know, we weren't sure. I think I used the words. I thought she was on the, the downside of her career. I stand corrected. She just beat mm -hmm. Mackenzie Dern. That's a solid win. She's a former Oops. champ in that division, which is 115. She might have a future. Okay. I think I finally solved this, what I've been trying to say. I like Mackenzie Dern, too. And I give her all the props in the world for what she's been able to accomplish since she's gotten into the UFC. I think she loves jujitsu. I think she loves grappling, but I don't think she loves fighting. And I think that's what it comes down to. She's done everything in her power to be a good fighter. She puts the time in the gym. Her coaches say great things about her, but I saw what you saw when she gets hit. Everything just kind of falls apart. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say that this sport isn't for her because I do think she can, when you have that one good skill set, not even good, like great skill set, you always pose a threat for anyone. Because what if she gets a hold of you, right? That's what everybody's going to say. And that happened in the first round. Remember, there was some sort of a knockdown, and dude, she mm -hmm. took that back so fast, except yeah. when she swung her leg around, Andrade kind of pulled her body out so there really wasn't anything there but i'm telling you man she can pounce on you fast but she's got to figure out life right now you know she's pretty vocal about what she went through with the divorce and all that mm -hmm. and that that's just that's tough for people like you and i day-to-day -day, people who sit behind a laptop or a phone i can't imagine what it would be like to have to fight under those conditions I think she has to figure out life and just find some some way to be comfortable and really focus on fighting because there were moments where she just she was flat. Things just didn't go her way and she just folded. And that can't happen at the at the highest level. She has become more athletic because her striking has some pop to it. It used to be she used to have some pop, but it was sloppy. And then she worked mm -hmm. on her techniques and now it's cleaner. The defense needs to clean up. But this is what I always say about the jiu-jitsu guys. You develop a wrestling game, and you initiate the takedown? Oof. Like, look at Oliveira, man. I remember Oliveira picked up, I think, Tony Ferguson. You know, this guy never used to do that. He used to flop on his back, try and go for a guillotine. You know what I mean? And all of yeah. a sudden, he started to initiate the wrestling and getting top position, you know? And um, she tried. She tried like hell. She had a couple sloppy doubles, you know, leg attempts, some single grabs, but, I mean, she was facing. Look, she's not facing a slouch. Andrade is strong, you know. Once she wasn't able to do it, then it was just up to my hands against your hands. And, uh, you know, Andrade also had some kicks. So she might just have regretted getting into too many firefights. I think if she just would have maybe, you know, kickboxed, but strategically she may have been able to pull it out. But it was Andrade. It was Andrade's night. She's now two and three in 2023, but she's got some momentum. Yeah, and I I still feel like she can do things at the highest level. It just so happens that they're they're in a division where you know at the top it, it's pretty nuts up there. Mm -hmm. And um, but I do feel like Jessica Andrade. Maybe what's hurt her in the eyes of the fans is some of those losses. I understand why you can pile onto that. But remember, she like she's just an anytime, any place type of fighter. So I don't know how she looks at these situations. If she puts stock into 
building a resume and getting like I think she's just give me the next one and the next one and it doesn't matter. I think she just stays ready. Um, but she she just showed that she can be dangerous still. For sure. Once she lets them hands go, um, she's got power. And she's just built kind of stocky, you know, so she generates good power through her legs and hips. But yeah, she's still a force. I mean, our hats are off. She came through, she wins, and now she'll get a high-profile opponent. It won't be Tatiana Suarez or Jan Jonan because she recently lost to them in 2023. Uh, I don't think it'll be a flyweight. I think she'll just want to basically capitalize on strawweight, which is probably more her weight class because of her height and stuff. She's held her own as a flyweight. She's become a title challenger at flyweight. But now we now flyweight's pretty stacked with you know some just girls that are a little bit bigger. So I, I see you're sticking around at Strawway. And honestly, look, uh, I'll get to it in just a second. But Jessica got her show, her win, and a finish. So that kind of money should be enough to maybe let her chill out for a little bit. Like, we don't want to see Jessica Andraj in January of 2024, you know, kicking off the new year or nothing like that. Right. Um, I think she's just better off chilling out. What the hell was that? Were you trying to kill a mosquito or something? Yeah, I just swatted away. Uh, I think it was a mosquito. I hope you got it. If you don't get it, it's the worst feeling knowing it's still alive. A little bit. I swatted it, and it kind of fell. Like it, it fell back and then fell on the table. But the, I, I don't see it right now. But I could tell the way I hit it. It was like, whoa, what was that? You know, like he didn't just fly away. Like it was nothing. Like he felt it. Yeah, it needs to be more like Pavlovich. Like just laying there, going, "What the fuck is going on?" Mm-hmm. Then drop a big um, elbow on people's elbow. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's three of the five fights. Um, the the ben- Benoit Saint Denis Matt Frivola fight. You know, I'll be honest. I thought they were just gonna bang a little bit longer. I had a feeling Benoit Saint Denis could win this fight if he was if the fight stayed more on the feet. But man, that dude's improved on the ground too. Like, this mm-hmm. dude's really, really tough all around. I didn't know he was that force. I knew he was good and was getting better, but I think I was so caught up on Frivola's in, uh, improvements. He's had, what, three straight f- first-round finishes, I think? Yeah. I just thought, man, New York, he's going to rise to the occasion. He, he's, you know, I think he's going to pull through, but fuck was I wrong. I mean, I, I, I think the fight could have played out longer and I still feel like it probably would have ended up being San Denis night. But I do feel like when you go back and watch it, it came down to a little bit of an error on Frivola's part that, uh, that led to actually a couple errors, but man, um, that kick was something else, dude. Yeah. The way he was retreating, kind of just leaving his head out. I think he thought he was out of range and he was right. just pulling away, but homeboy, you know, he put one on him. Um, felt bad because I kind of, I'm a fan of team Longo a little bit. So I was hoping maybe his guy would, would do well. I have nothing. I actually, I became a San Denis fan now. So mm-hmm. I wish him the best going forward. I'll probably root for him going forward. Um, but yeah, we, we those are, we give him his flowers. Uh, I'm excited about his next prospect. I mean, we're already going to be talking to him, talking about him in the next, uh, spinning back like Mondays, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, live. Check it out. 
it's our show where we talk about the hottest topics of the week. But I know that he'll his name will get brought up at some point on tomorrow's show. Check it out. If you are can't catch it live, then the spinning back click uh, also appears as a podcast on Tuesdays. You can catch that podcast where you catch this podcast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Omni, all your favorite podcast platforms. And but on this show, I think it's one of the additional questions is basically whose whose trajectory do you like at this point between him and uh, Diego Lopez, which allows us to talk about that. He defeated Pat Sabatini. He's now 23 and six. And uh, but he I am not sure if he's got the it factor, but people are talking about him. I think that's the difference is I think. For Sandini, we all said this is the fight that kind of says he's got it. And with Lopez, I feel like we are still, we know something's there. We're just not sure 100% what it is. That's the difference mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Um, he's he's a good looking fella. He's got a interesting haircut. He's just somebody you don't forget. You know what I mean? So he's a Brazilian living in Mexico. It seems like he has two followings and he's latched on a little bit to, you know, that Lobo gym with Irene Aldana and the champ Alexa Grasso. And obviously there's this big spotlight on him. So, and his fights aren't, they don't suck. They're exciting. You know, this is now a couple in a row for him. He was a submission in the last one punches in this one. And, Sabatini and Gavin Tucker are tough guys. He lost to Movsvar Evloev, but no shame in that. That dude's undefeated. Um, I just can't believe that this is the same guy that lost in the Contender Series a few years ago. But right. he, he's really turned it around. Yeah. That haircut, though, man. I don't get that. Uh, doesn't it almost look like he ordered one thing and then they switched barbers or something and then they just gave the other one the wrong information? It's like two different... <laughs> Almost like three different haircuts in one, isn't it? As a guy that doesn't have much hair, I don't have too much room to bag. But yeah, um, it's a mullet. It's just right. Yeah, it's a mullet. It's like the waterfall that comes down on one side. Um, I, you know what it looks like? Do you, you remember Halle Berry in Boomerang? It almost looked like he's got her haircut. <laughs> And just attach the mullet. So when he sat down and some guy, he said, let's do this and do that. And the guy goes, what are you talking about? He goes, remember Halle Berry and Boomerang? Mm -hmm. Give me that. But then that, that stylist got, took a phone call and then they go, Hey, you got a cover for Pepe over there. And and he goes, all right, what, what do I do? I don't know. I think he said like a comb over or something. And then he came over and he did that and added the mullet. And then I think Lopez just looked in the mirror and went, what am I going to do? I mean, there's not much. I, I just got to keep it. And and that's his hand that he plays. But I really that's don't it. get it. That's it. Yeah. But he's a hell of a fighter. So. Fuck yeah. We'll give him his due. Here's the undercard. Here's how the undercard went down at UFC 295 in New York City. By the way, Dana White boasting about the, I guess this is, I'm not sure if it's number one. But he says New York Madison Square Garden, their top three gates are the UFC. And this was one of those shows. Um, Steve Ursig defeated Alessandro Costa. Lupita Godinez defeated Tabitha Ricci. 
split decision. Uh, the other one was a unanimous decision for Ursic, but that was a good fight, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mateus Rebecki finished uh, Roosevelt Roberts armbar. Wish Roberts the best. Looked like he might have popped a couple uh, ligaments in his arm, but hopefully it's not serious. Sometimes those pops just happen, but it doesn't mean like there's some sort of a permanent damage or anything. Sadikov, Nazim Sadikov, and um, Vyacheslav Borshev fought to a majority draw. They got the fight of the night. That was a hell of a fight. I really, really enjoyed that fight. That was the first night, sorry, the first fight of our watch along. So that was one heck of a start right there for us. Uh, Earlier in the night, Jared Gordon defeated Mark Madsen. John Castaneda defeated Kyung Ho Kang. Joshua Van defeated Kevin Borjas. And Jamal Emmers defeated Dennis Fazuka. The bonuses. It was awesome. I loved it. 50 grand to Alex Fajeda, 50 grand to Tom Aspinall, 50 grand to Jessica Andrade, 50 grand to San Denis, 50 grand to Lopez. And still, on top of those five, they usually only do four. On top of those five, they gave 50 each to Bors, uh, Borshev and Sadikov for five of the night. So seven bonuses were given out. Now, not every finisher got one. Emmers didn't, and he finished Bazooka. So he didn't get one. Gordon didn't, and he finished Madsen. But they still stepped up and just gave out more bonuses, which I thought was kind of cool. Let me see. Rebecca didn't get one for the armbar. But I think after that, pretty much everyone else got one. So pretty cool. Uh, Pretty cool. Another 100 grand would have made it epic. I think they got it right. We got to give them their props, and we always give them shit over the, the bonuses. The mm-hmm. only one thing that kind of just I ask myself, just because that was fight of the night, but at the end of the day, it did end up being a majority draw. What happens to that win bonus? You know what I mean? Do they meet halfway or something? Like, because just they put on such an epic fight. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But like I say, that company just, they they make a lot of money, man. And I just think that this would go such a long way. I don't think you and I are the only ones to talk about this. I'm sure other shows talk about it. And I I think when the fans see it, they would have an appreciation. You know, we pay, fans are probably saying, hey, look, man, I paid 800 bucks to go to your show. Two tickets for 400 each. You know, all these pay-per-views that we sell, you guys are doing good. You're killing it. You know, Bud Light. An eight-figure contract or eight-figure deal, you know, just signed with them. Um, I'm sure ESPN is going to up, you know, whatever they pay you as well. I mean, business is good. You had a twenty million dollar gate. You mean to tell me another hundred grand is going to going to hurt you guys? You've done it for a fight night. Why don't you do it for this night? Mm-hmm. But again, they met us halfway and they gave out seven bonuses, which is three more than usual. But you know, uh, this is where I maybe take a page out of dan tom's book he likes to he likes to um campaign on behalf of the, the smaller guys not 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 the light, lighter weight classes but just a jared gordon you, you're getting tell me that guy couldn't use another 50 grand or jamal Emmers. i mean we all could right you know what i'm saying why stop at the other ones give them one too i deserve it i know dan yeah. dan has been uh championing for the, and uh, it makes sense in a lot of situations there are times where you just feel like the the guy that got the bonus is just a bigger athlete, and that's why they got it. And I don't know that that's fair. Yeah. 
Agreed. Um, well, all right. What else stood out to you about UFC 295? Uh, you know, I was looking at the outfits. I don't think I saw anything that really, really popped the way Mark Manson made it sound. I kind of was waiting and waiting. And did you see anything or did I? Am I, am I just a terrible observer? Um, they were a little different, but I, I'm pretty sure if you, if he didn't mention it, I might not have noticed. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought maybe I do like that. See, the problem is all year they've been having that 30 year on the gloves. So when it came to the night of, it took away a little bit from its pop, I guess. You know, if that would have culminated into maybe like gold gloves or something for the night, then okay. So really, there wasn't that that much of a change. I mean, a lot of nice nice people in the, in the audience. I, I, I can't remember where we when we talked about this, but that 30 year, uh, or sorry, the round table that they did with the UFC one athletes, I thought was incredible, but that doesn't really pop on the night of, right. That's just mm -hmm. leading into, they did a lot of cool leading into, but night of it, uh, they just, they have their formula and they stick to it and I get it, but I, I don't know. I think every now and again, you got to do like, remember when they did the gold canvas? I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was for UFC 200. We never forget it, right? <laughs> Did I ever tell you? Well, you were with me, right? When we toured yeah. the camp. And Indeed. I got into it with Dana. I mean, not into it, into it, but just he gave me this look like, bitch, you don't think I know I'm the UFC president? Then he apologized like 15 minutes later. He goes, you were right. It was this one. I was like, yeah, yeah bitch, I got eyes too. <laughs> but no, it was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> he was really in a good mood that day. He enjoyed giving us a tour of the Apex. We were just kind of all over the place. But it came up. I think we saw a picture on the wall or something. Like, oh, that's right, UFC 200. And he thought it was something else. And so maybe for UFC 300, we'll we'll see it. I mean, to be fair, this was just to UFC 295. Mm -hmm. You know, not putting that down in any way. It was more about the 30-year thing. But you remember the first time the UFC did a show on a base? And somehow, every in between every fight, they would have like a little story, you know, or something to do with the soldiers or whatever it was that they were doing, you know, whether it's supporting a cause or something like that. I thought we were going to see a little bit more of those type of vignettes, you know, for this, I guess, along the way. And me too. Yeah, but. Hey, it's it's still a huge number, and today's the actual birthday, so. I don't know if I still have time. I might shoot Art Davy a message. He he uh, he's a veteran, and he's the he. It really, folks. It was really in his mind. He's the one that uh, thought about the UFC. I think he said it came to window of his head around eighty nine, and it wasn't until ninety three that they did it. But it was his actual brain that thought about doing something like this so he's not just like a founder beach, right? he's a creator huh i think what happened on the beach too right i think had an impact on him remember where a wrestler mm. just kind of like took him down or something like that he was a boxer yeah yeah and then he got together with horian gracie and this thing was off and running it's a great story we've had our debut on a few times and he shared some great stories but I'm three hours ahead, and we're we're doing this. Let's see, it's nine forty four for goes. It's twelve forty four for mine. We'll probably be done in about fifteen twenty minutes. I might just shooting a shoot him a message on Facebook, and you know, thank him. I'm sure he's gotten mm -hmm. a lot of them, but it was really, really just 
one crazy guy that came up with a crazy idea and look where we're at. I mean, he's, he's created a sport. He's changed people's lives. And to be fair, and, and he'll say this, I mean, you know, Dana's had even a bigger impact, but right. is there a Dana without an R. Davey? Who knows? No, I don't think there is. I, I don't even know if anybody thinks about doing something like this. Well, you know, to be fair, you know, Pancrase, I mean, Open Hand, Valley Tudo, there was these types of fights going, but they also had a little bit of history and none of it took off. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's the one that just kind of did it more where it could get some traction, which was obviously the United States. And um, I think I think it would eventually would have happened, just maybe maybe not 30 years ago. Instead, maybe it would have been delayed by five or 10 years. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But, but it did um, take a, a mind like Dana White to kind of shape it to what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Dana is a—he's a character, man. He's a little stubborn. Uh, do, do you remember the question that he was asked that he said you win the dumb question of the day? What, yeah, what the that about Francis Ngannou and co-promotion with the PFL. Yeah, and you know when he when Dana was coming at the guy. I was thinking, well, what would I say? Because when you're there, it shouldn't be about you. You ask the question, if he shits on it, I suppose you could follow up. But what you can do is get into some sort of a discourse because it's a post-fight press conference, right? Mm-hmm. But this is what I would tell him if we ever had him, had him on the show. I feel like we could talk to him more in a slowed down type of cadence. I would just tell him, look, man, Maybe what that guy meant was you've always prided yourself on saying, I give the fans what they want. I make the fights that people want to see, not like in boxing or whatever. And so that guy, that, that guy is just thinking, well, dude, you've done other crazy stuff like bring James Tony over from boxing or CM Punk over, you know, you've sent Connor to boxing. You've mended ways with Tito and BJ and Randy so is it really that crazy to say, you know, at least in this case, you can't go, well, there was Showtime and we're with ESPN and who would get it? No, the guy was pretty, you know, pretty respectful and said, well, look, you, you don't have the problem with, with the television provider because you're both on ESPN. So could he come back for one just to see who really is the baddest man? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's all he was trying to say. and. He got his head bit off. Yeah, I, I. But I think that's a good way of putting it. You know, it's just look. You've you've always said you want to provide the the best fights possible. Uh, is there any way that it can happen? Like, if anything, he's doing you a favor. If you tell him no and why, then people won't ask, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, he did say we tried, we couldn't sign. He didn't. He said he didn't want to fight. And I think he needs to clarify, it's not that he didn't want to fight. He just didn't want to fight under your terms. And I get it. It's your company. But you have made an exception in the past. We're not asking, you know, no one's saying give us O'Malley versus Javonta Davis. I know it's been thrown out there, but even O'Malley knows, nah, this ain't happening. Right? But this was something that looked like it had a little bit of legs to it. Mm-hmm. Because the heavyweight division is so crazy because of the one-punch power. Homeboy's pretty athletic, had a background in boxing. Money could be made. 
we thought, wow, this is the, down Dana White's alley, you know? So maybe right. you come to an agreement with Ngannou and go, all right, look, dude, I did it for McGregor. I'm going to do it for you, but I got to shut this down. I'm going to let everyone else know, nah, this is pretty pretty special case, but we, we get a piece of the pie, but we'll help cope promote. I think a lot of people could have made a lot of money, man. I, I mean, I really, really do. I think uh, it depends on – see, the thing is they have money, but, I mean, you can always make more money. I, I just wonder – if really what he has in the back of his mind is I just don't want to lose my clout, right? What if Francis Ngannou does come in and mop the floor with John Jones? Now what? Um, You know, is, is my belt, does it belong to the PFL? Like we could kind of saw like uh, WWE go through something like this before, right? With WCW and uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, right? If, if you really want to go old school on that. So, I don't know. I think maybe that is something that that hangs in the that has some sort of value. I think there's definitely some value in that. So I think it could be something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Trump. You even want to talk about that? Not really. I just want to say this. Why does Dana? Well, I guess if a former president asks you to come and you've managed to create a friendship, then sure, I suppose. Um, but it just seems like this one, like, how can I say it without sounding political? It, it, what it, it looks like it, it spoils the party a little bit. I'll admit um, it did sound like there was more cheers than booze. Some people say it was all cheers, you know, and some people go, oh, no, there was some boom going on. I thought I heard way more cheers than booze, to be honest. I know Bill's Burr's wife was caught flipping them off and whatever, but it just seems like, oh, like this, I don't know, it just seems like when he comes in the room, it it's like when the DJ's playing a song and then you hear the scratch. I mean, the party mm-hmm. can still keep going. He means a lot to a lot of people. I know mostly in this sport, they they do support, you know, Donald Trump, but not everyone does. And it feels like to the ones that don't, it's like, oh, like you just kind of ruined my time. You know what I mean? So I just don't know if that percentage is 5 to 95, 10 to 90, or what it is. Um. I haven't really commented on it. I don't think we did that night. So, you know, kind of trying to be, just call it as it is. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's just like life, you know. Um, for some people, it's that scratch, and for others, it's my jam just came on. Right. Um, mm-hmm. This is an edgy sport, and that was a very edgy president. So they kind of go hand in hand, and when you look at the politics that get run in the UFC. It, Kind of makes sense, but uh, well, what do you think? But it is President Biden told Dana White, "Hey, I'd like to go to a show." I, mean, I don't think Dana's telling him no, right? I don't think you say no to a president, yeah, no matter what your stance right. is. And I understand uh, that Biden walks in, he probably gets booed, but I'm just mm-hmm. curious how that would go down. I mean, it could just be like, "Hey, look, I'm not, I'm never going to decline a former president," right? But there's just so much going on with him. Right you now. know what I always wonder about that when, and I think this happened 
one time before. I just can't remember who the fighter was. The fighters get fired up when the president is there, former president. And there was one that I remember jumped over the... It's very common for a fighter when they win to jump on the octagon. Sometimes they even jump over the octagon. But one of them did that and kind of like... I wonder like what the Secret Service is thinking. You know, like because this is a trained athlete. He just jumped over a cage and walked towards a former president. I often wonder what their stance is on something like that. That's got to scare the shit out of them. Probably. Um, maybe they're warned in the back that he'll be there. And if you make an aggressive move, you'll be dealt with. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that means someone pops a cap in you, but um, I don't know. Okay, how about this? What if a fighter jumps on the fence and tells him to suck his dick or something like that? Like, you know, Never does know. Dana then deal with that guy? Because Dana's always saying, you know, freedom of speech. You know, I don't know if, it, if that's his friend. I, does, does he, he want his friend to really? Huh? He deals with them behind the scenes. I think. Does he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, Pavlovich, what do you think happens next with him? A little bit of time off, but I don't think this is the end-all, be-all. I think he can recover from this, rebuild. Uh, it's been that situation before, so I, I see a lot of promise in him. And he did land a killer shot, you know, before all that went down. I just think uh, a little bit of time off and then come back and, and beat a pretty decent name, and I think he's right back in the mix because the two guys that are potentially are at the top, right, John Jones, Steve Amiotch, if his name is still going to survive what happened this weekend, they're going to go away really fast, and you're going to be left with with these other guys, these Tom Aspinalls, right, the surreal gons of the world. Uh, so this dude's going to be right back in the mix. Let those guys kind of put a little bit of mileage on themselves and come back, get your win. You'll be right back in the fold before you know it. What do you think would happen between – who's more dangerous for Francis and Ghanu, Tom Aspinall or John Jones? Hmm. I want to say John Jones for the grappling aspect of it. Yeah. Aspinall had some mean kicks, man, before he let them hands go. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't want to sound like a hater or anything, but I mean, I guess I just admitted that John Jones was my number one on the 30 greatest fighters in UFC history, but it seems like. I think I think Ngannou's more advanced in his takedown defense than Cyril Gon, so I don't know if that he'd get taken down as easily. I mean, I might be wrong. Who knows? To be fair, John's Jones layoff, you know, won't ever be as long as this one. So I think he'll definitely not come back as clumsy as he looked early on in that fight before he, you know, secured that 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 choke. Mm -hmm. But I'm just thinking, Tom Aspinall looks like the real deal. We say this all the time. I mean, you know, if him and Pavlovich fight for 10 times, it, that one really looks like it could go 5-5 five, five or just 6-4 either way. I think I'd lean more towards 6-4 Aspinall. But, you know, how long before the next the next fella comes along? You know, right. but the UFC's got to be happy to have a British heavyweight champion. That, that's been big in boxing for many years. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh... He's a charming dude. You know, when you give him the mic, he keeps it real. I like that about him. Um, he's not trying to sell you anything. 
I just think he's he's the future of that division. Him and Pavlovich and Cyril gone. Those guys are the future of the division, and I can't wait to see more of them. I don't know how he would do against Francis and Garner, to be honest. I mean, if you if he had, which I give him all the props in the world for admitting it, if he was scared against Pavlovich, he would be terrified against Francis and Ganu. Uh So I don't know. But he overcame that fear, so that's part of it. Yeah. All right, folks, we're going to cut it short. I mean, it's almost an hour, but we got to save some of our takes for Spinning Back Click tomorrow, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, live here on MMA Junkie, or you can go straight to the YouTube page. There's this little bell that you can hit. You hit the subscribe button. That way you always get our content. But the little bell will tell you when we're live. And so you'll be notified. And if you're obviously free, you can tune in live. Otherwise, just jot it down on the calendar or make an appointment on your smartphone, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, every Monday for Spinning Back Click, where we'll talk about the five biggest stories from the past week, plus some additional questions that we write out that we can rapid fire through. And then we take your questions and comments from the chat room that accompanies it. And we ask the panel about it or react to it. You can also watch it on Facebook. Our official Facebook page is www.facebook.com forward slash official MMA junkie. Here's why I bring that up because let's say you, let's see your work blocks YouTube, but because they have a Facebook page, they allow you, you to use Facebook, then that might be your way in. Or let's say they block Facebook because people goof off on Facebook and they're always looking at what other people are doing, but they want you to have access to YouTube, then there you go. So there's a couple of ways in or just go straight to the website of all social media is blocked, and but not our website. Um, it's available on podcast on Tuesdays. It's there on YouTube when you get home if you want to just click it there. So it's really, really a good show. And guess what? We're going to have two of them this week. The other one will be on Thursday. That'll be same time, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And that one will be us reflecting on the 30 greatest fighters in UFC history. So basically the whole staff is going to be there. We're going to be busting balls, laughing, comparing notes. <laughs> Should really, really good be a good time. Our managing editor, Simon Samano, he's going to be asking questions. He's going to be taking lead role as a host. So I get to be a panelist on this one. So check it out. And thanks to everyone who tuned in to the watch along. We will be doing another one for UFC 296, December 16th. So we might as well start telling you that one now. Still about a month away. That's the fight card that has Colby Covington challenging Leon Edwards for his welterweight title and then we have alexander pantoja he's defending his flyweight title versus uh brandon royville so that's how that card's looking shavkat rachmanov he's fighting stephen thompson patty pimblett comes back he takes on tony ferguson vicente luque against ian machado uh gary so i believe that's your main card and that's solid i gotta give him their due there i think you would agree right good card yeah yeah all right folks we'll see you tomorrow Go out and be a champion and hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Take care, man. We'll see you soon.